Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys! What's going on? It's Ron and Don, episode one seventy four, live from the Les Schwab Studios, and coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Ron shot himself with a gun. What? Yeah, he shot himself with a gun over the weekend. He's going to tell you exactly what happened. Also, Disney, you're not going to believe what they're doing with their racist videos. They want you to watch them, they want you to see them, and they also want you to know that, yeah, these videos, Dumbo, yeah, kind of racist. We'll tell you about that. And also, before we get out of here, are you a man, what do they call it? A man interpreter? A man-terrupter. A man-terrupter. You might have two man-terrupters right here. We'll get to that. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Hey, the Ron and Don seller's books, buyer's books. Everybody's been lighting us up. Everybody wants one of these free guides. What are they? What do we do? And how do they get one? Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a bestseller because we're giving them away for free, but uh, <laughs> you can just email me, ron at windermere.com, if you are a buyer or a seller or you're like, I really don't know. I think I know how this works, but it's been a while or maybe it's my first time. So just email me. We'll get you set up with our uh, buyer's guide or our seller's guide. We wrote these books ourselves. They're very helpful and they will get you in the right mindset to go, okay, I'm ready now to take the next step which is a ron and don sit down you go to ron and don sit yeah we want to sit down with you before we do though we want you to do your homework read one of these guys take notes and then we'll jump on we'll have a 45 minute conversation and boom we're off on a real estate journey possibly uh with you if we decide to be a team what happened to you over the weekend uh you uh, shot yourself what'd you I, do? I did shoot myself so uh, if you listen to this show for a while you realize uh you may have heard i bought a tiny house up on the skycomish river and i I am trying to do, in the spirit of Don or the Ron and Don, as much of the work that I'm able to do myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know how to install, uh, like, the uh, uh, actual circuits on the electrical panel, but I can put the box up. And so, I, I those things like that. I can build the little stand that it goes on. Uh, and so, one of the things I'm at now is I have this little water pump that's going to pump water to the tiny house. And I was like, well, I can build the little house and insulate it the, around the pump so the pipe doesn't freeze. You got a tiny house for your tiny house. I got a tiny pump house for the pump house. So I uh, am like, I got this. And then I kind of enjoy it. I enjoy building it and you get to see the thing. And from uh, for hopefully years from now, I can look out and go, I built that tiny house and I built the little electrical system there. Uh, and so I had all my tools out. My, my sister came up from Portland. Uh, she was going to help assist. I've really been feeling pressure to get this thing done before it freezes uh you know obviously having freezing temperatures when you have an exposed water system is not good that's one one i feel like i'm watching an episode of this old tiny house right yeah so i uh get all my gear up there ron vila this is right this is ron vila over here and uh you know that i have i have all the tools yeah i've just i'm that guy that has all the tools so i have the porter cable 
And this is not an endorsement for Porter Cable because you'll see why in a minute. I have the Porter Cable framing nail gun. Like the same one. If you drive by and they are building a house, it's that gun. I went back in the day when I uh, lived out in the country. I said, I'm going to need me a framing nail gun because we're always building stuff. You've seen some of the stuff I built. It's really average for if you know nothing about building you'll walk up and go dude you built this barn it's like yep but if you know anything about construction you'll know that it's not very good so it looks fine to the naked eye but it's i'm i'm it's, i'm confused are you talking about your construction just or the gun? my, my skill set okay so my skill set i can build stuff but i have the tools so i'm up there i'm building i'm cruising along i really wanted to get this thing done over the weekend it's saturday a little bit afternoon and building the walls cutting all the joists getting this thing ready to Move roll. This bus. Move <laughs> right, this exactly. Bus. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure right now. A lot from of the, pressure from Ron's whole team. And yeah. uh, I'm trying to meet this deadline. No. And so it's the last wall. It's the fourth wall on the uh, on the pump house. Although the other three walls are framed. And I'm going to to I got to tap a couple nails in on the top to get the header in place. Now, if you're squeamish. Here's the time where you fast forward to the next segment. I'm uh, just going to give you a spoiler alert if you are squeamish. Um, unbeknownst to me, there are two modes to the Porter Cable framing nail gun that I found out last night from our buddy Dave. Can I raise my hand? Yeah. I'm, I'm squeamish. Can I leave right now? <laughs> you can leave right now. I want to leave right now. Mode number one is continuous fire. Yeah. And that means if your hand is on the trigger... And the gun is hooked up to the compressor. Every time that the it taps down onto the wood, it will fire a nail. Yeah. So you may have seen this before. You're driving by, and there's a dude just going, and like these flying, putting nails in. What's really incredible when you see a guy in a windstorm, a rainstorm right. here in the Northwest. They're just moving. He's 15 feet up on a ladder. That's and- not me. And he's just flying, kind of with, flying with that gun. It, it, that, that's what's really incredible. So, so then there's another mode, which I didn't know existed, and that is where it will only fire once every time you pull the trigger. Yeah. And, and so from time to time, I've had this nail gun for years. I've built a bunch of stuff with it. You'll get, a, you'll get what I call a double tap. It'll go, and like two nails will come out when you only meant for one nail to come out. And then you just pound it in, and it's fine. So I'm going, uh, I'm holding this, the last wall uh, upright, and I'm, I'm putting in a nail to get the header in there, put the first nail in, and I got my safety eyeglasses on, like, you know, I'm captain safety. Boom, I did the first one, and then I hit the second one, and it does the double tap mm. accidentally. Boom, right away, the next nail comes, and that nail misses the end of the board, it comes down into my hand. It's a three-inch, 16-gauge framing nail in a nail gun. 120 pounds of air pressure. It it fires this gun. And don't tell my mom and dad yet because I haven't told them. I told my brother. But do not Wait, tell my mom and dad. You're 50 years old. My mom will worry. Don't tell don't, my don't mom tell and her. dad. Don't tell my mom and dad yet. The <laughs> nail enters right at the base of my thumb. And again, if you're squeamish, the nail enters at the base of my thumb and it goes in, doesn't go all the way into the head of the nail, goes in maybe two, two and a quarter inches. Yeah. Straight down towards the wrist. So that sort of fatty part, the the fleshy part of your palm. And it's pointed straight down. So it enters right at the base of the thumb. It goes straight down a couple of inches. And so I uh, exclaim an expletive, drop the, the porter cable. 
And uh, my sister that's standing uh, about 10 feet away says, um, stay calm and pull it out slowly. That was her advice to me. Stay calm, pull it out slowly. So I mean, you're looking down. Is your sister? Yeah. Is she a medical professional? No. She's not. She's, she's an attorney. Just telling thought, me she's right? an attorney. Okay. So she's like, stay calm, pull it out slowly. Because she's in one of those situations where you don't know what to say. But you're, whatever you say, you're going to say it in a very calm fashion. Right. And pretend, Later like, you, she said, pretend I just, like you know what's going on. She didn't in the meantime, want to pull it out. She, she's probably freaked out. What? She's, she just she told me later that she just wanted, didn't want to pull it out. Right. So I, um, so I, I don't know if I was in a state of shock or not, but I looked down. There's a nail head sticking out, a three-inch nail. So I just grab the, the nail, and I start to slowly pull it out. And it's exactly what, I mean, it almost looked like a magic trick. You know, like if you watch David Blaine and he does all those illusions, except this was real. It's pulling out, starts to bleed. I go in, I grab a bandaid out of my truck. I, you know, wipe off the blood, put it on there. And so now I have, I'm, I'm in, in between on my way to Stevens pass. It's in between gold bar and index. It's not like I'm right around the corner from evergreen medical or Swedish or polyclinic. Like I'm out in the sticks. This is, that's the whole point uh, of this cabin is to be away from everything. So now I'm like, okay, so what do I do? We have a whole job site there. So we got to clean. I have tools everywhere. There's tools and lumber and compressors and everything's everywhere. Now I got one hand that's bleeding, the other hand. So we sort of have to like put away all the stuff. Uh, and I'm trying to remain calm. And then it's like, I need to get to uh, some sort of medical assistance uh, to take a look at this. It, it surprisingly didn't hurt right away. It's one of those things like it, the nail went in so fast and I pulled it out in a state of shock that it kind of didn't hurt mm. for the first couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then it started to hurt. Right. And so we were putting stuff away. We were just sort of shoving things into wherever, into the truck, into the, into the tiny house. And then we start to drive and it's like, 45 minutes the closest urgent care is in everett mm. at the at evergreen the place where we you and i went and, and uh, dropped off uh the cloth masks Face uh, mask, back yeah. in the day and yeah. that that was the hospital when covid started yeah so i'm driving and i and do not say if you know who this is don't say it because i don't know about what i'm going to say if it's if it's kosher or not okay so i'm driving and i was like you know what i know a doctor of veterinary medicine that's right by here. Mm. He's, he's he or she's a doctor. Yeah. It's like why don't I call the vet? Mm-hmm. So I pick up the phone. Way closer. Uh, I was like, I pick up the phone and I call this vet and I said, Hey, I just shot a nail into my hand. I need to get it cleaned out. Uh, can you meet me at the vet and clean it out? And he or she was like. Okay, a little weird, but sure, I'm, I'm a doctor. Um, so I, I, the, my sister takes me to the vet, and I go inside, and, and he, the, he or she ended up cleaning it out, uh, did a fantastic job, obviously medical training. How do you aid. know if they did a fantastic job? You don't know if they did a fantastic job because your thumb may never work again. You may never be able to give a thumbs up like Fonzie did on Happy Days to Richie Cunningham and Potsy. I can do it with my right hand. Back in the day. So this this could be a real problem. Your Fonzie thumb may be done. And what you forgot to tell everyone is that who else did you call for medical advice? This guy right here. Yeah, and you weren't going to do anything. And what did I tell you? I said, you're being an idiot. You have got to go. Go see a doctor. See a doctor. And so I didn't know the doctor was going to be a vet. But nonetheless, hey. 
If he takes, we take better care of our dogs and cats here right. than we do each other. So I would say a vet is probably a better doctor than an ER doctor anytime, which is probably horrible medical advice to give right now. But I'm the one that set you on the path right. to saving your thumb. I'm this guy over here. Kind of saved you. He or she was like, this is great because my patients usually can't tell me where if it hurts or not. <laughs> so we throw that treatment, yeah. and I know we're going to get a bunch of emails and stuff. I already contacted my primary care physician. Yeah. My tetanus shot uh, is done. Like, that's taken care of. Uh, I'm going to go see a hand specialist, so I'm getting that referral, and I'm going to get one of those things like I'm in a bowling league to, oh. to stabilize. But this is among the most painful things uh, that I'm going through. So, like, I'm driving around right now showing real estate with a block of ice, yeah. an ice pack, and I put my hand, when I'm driving, I put it on there, and then I get out and do what I'm doing. Um, not, I can't recommend, if this was a Yelp review, one star would not recommend. Well, what's more painful? Because we were all, we got together, we socially distanced. There's uh, just a couple of us. We've been lifelong friends, and we got together. We watched Seahawks game last night. You were there. Uh, you look very, very uncomfortable. Look very. It's, uncomfortable. it's not comfortable. No, it looks in your the way you're even holding it right now. So, the 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 question is, what are the doctor? Will you will you get the use of your thumb back? Because you you're. Yeah, I I think so. Well, I'm going to make an appointment to go. Let see me ask the, you what's the, more painful: Seahawks five and zero last night Sunday night football. In those uniforms, there are eleven, one and one in the wolf gray when they go wolf gray and wolf gray. Then they line up last night, and they play. And if you're listening to this a couple weeks from now, then maybe it doesn't make uh, great sense. But they're playing last night on Sunday Night Football. They put up 572 yards. When's the last time the Seahawks had 33 first downs? 33 first downs. You score 34 points. Tyler Lockett had the greatest night of any Seahawk receiver ever, ever. And now what people are saying today is, well, you know, Russ Wilson should have finished it last night. Uh, Russ Wilson threw three interceptions. Let's not forget, he threw three interceptions because he had to throw so much. And the reason he had to throw so much is because, well, there's a team on the other side that put up more than 34 points. So what hurts more? The Seahawks lost or your thumb? Oh, my thumb, for sure. Yeah. All right. See you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, listen up. It's uh, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. You know, the changing seasons. It's happening today right in front of our eyes. Hey, it's time to start thinking about winter driving conditions. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be driving this winter because they're not fly, right? So whether you're going to grandma's house, whether you're going on that ski trip, whether you're finally, finally going to go get some lessons when it comes to snowboarding, Les Schwab, you want to make sure you stop by one of their 85 locations here in Western Washington before you hit the road. Yeah, some easy things to check out, and we just did this for my dad. Uh, your windshield wipers, your headlights, taillights, front and rear defrosters, your blinkers and backup lights. Make sure everything is working properly when it starts getting dark so early. Some more difficult items to check out, and this is where Les Schwab comes in to help out. Your brakes, your alignment, your suspension, your batteries, and your tires. So important when it gets wet around here. Schedule a time at LesSchwab.com or stop by your local Les Schwab store for a free pre-trip safety check they do a visual inspection for some of your vehicle's most important parts and they can help you decide if you need winter tires that's les schwab doing the right thing matters when it comes to your real estate journey ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down hi i'm dan martin hi i'm terry detmer hey i'm connor my son wanted to get out of pullman he thought well 
Let's start looking in Seattle. And had grown to trust the image of Ron and Don. They seem like good guys. Let's go for it. Sent a message in their little portal. Got a message back within about five minutes from Don. And he set up a phone conference for about a half hour later. And both he and Ron were on the phone conference talking to me exactly what we wanted and what price range and what neighborhoods. And about two days later, we were out touring houses with them. They were always responded immediately anytime I contacted them. And the other thing is we were live on the other side of the water. And so we were having to take a ferry over. They were very cognizant of that. And they didn't want us to waste ferry trips. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, a, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. And they seemed personally interested in the houses we would tour. And I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. They seemed very enthused for, uh, you know, a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 174. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. It's Ron and Don. And don't forget, if you want to sit down with us, if you're going on a real estate journey, we'd love to come with you. Just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And for one of our new guides, if you're buying or selling, we wrote them just for you. All you have to do is write Ron, Ron at windermere.com. Or again, go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. Get signed up to do that. Uh, today. The wonderful world of Disney is kind of interesting because you have all these streaming services now. They have Disney Plus. Disney Plus is important to my son. Uh, it's more important than Netflix or anything else that's on TV. And there's a lot of programming there for kids his age. What's interesting to me uh, is we look at Disney is for a long time, it was said that there are racist elements in Disney cartoons. And Disney pushed back on that for years or remained silent. And now what's beginning to happen, in fact, this happened last year, last fall they started in in 2019, admitting before some of these videos started, basically explaining that, hey, these videos, these cartoons were created at another time. And there may be some things in there that create questions, but they don't say it's racist. Now, though, here we are in 2020, heading towards 2021. They're not taking these videos down. So, for instance, if you watch Dumbo, when you turn on Dumbo, it will say, hey, you're about to watch a video that certainly has racist elements in it. And people may find out that they're offended by this. Let me ask you this. With kids like my son out there watching Disney Plus where he could watch Dumbo, do you think that video should be up? Do you think it should be changed, or are we in danger like we were statues of erasing our history, Ron? Um, it's a really intriguing question, and so my initial reaction is kind of all of the above in this setting. I think you should keep an original copy of all these films, and they should be used for study. 
So when you go to, you know, a college level media class or race and culture class or whatever, um, yeah, pull out some of these movies and, and watch them. I think for children, though, that they don't know that a crow called Jim Crow in a cartoon that has a white guy actor playing a, a stereotypical voice uh, of this crow of what that really means. They're just getting a stereotype reinforced that's negative. Why wouldn't you change it? There's nothing sacrosanct about Dumbo. There's nothing like it's not a biblical text. It's a film. You're acknowledging that it's wrong. Why keep the original movie? Like I get that there are Disney purists out there and there are Disney maniacs that collect everything Disney and those uh, that small segment of people would probably be up in arms about this. So you can have the original version, but we're not going to broadcast the original version. I think they should update it. Uh, and I think they should change dialogue. And I think they should change songs that are blatantly racist and reinforce stereotypes. Now, if there are whole films, and I don't think that Disney should be able to decide this. I think you should, you could, Disney could hire a, a blue ribbon panel, so to speak, of forward thinking people that are experts on race because Disney's proven they're not an expert on race. So get Ta-Nehisi Coates if you can. Uh, you know, get people that really know what this means in our culture and have them tell Disney, yeah, you can keep this. You, can, you don't have to keep that. Then go through and why would you not change this so that the 10-year-olds of the world see a different depiction and you can still get the spirit of what Dumbo means but you don't get the racist uh, stereotypes. Mm. What do you think? Well, number one, I don't think they should be able to profit off these. And, and they haven't addressed that. Uh, they shouldn't be able to profit. If these are creating money for... If this, if this is creating income on Disney+, Plus, then, I, it is. then I'd love to see them take that money, especially now since Dumbo's back in the, move, in, in, in the news. How many people are going to go watch Dumbo now because they want to see this, right? And to your point... If you're a parent that's very engaged and then allows you to sit down and have a talk on racism, like ask my, ask my son about racism. Ask my son about Black Lives Matter. The bottom line is, because kids are talking about it, if other kids are talking about it, then he needs to know. So we have these conversations. But you're right. Even with his awareness of what racism might be or the Black Lives Matter movement or All Lives Matter, and if you ask him to interpret that, if, if he sees a minstrel show, I didn't understand blackface in a minstrel show really until a couple of years ago when I started doing my work, when I found out with one of my friends that, hey, this stuff is racist. And I'm like, you know, I don't know the background of the minstrel show. I think people all over the country didn't know the background of the minstrel show until you had Megan Kelly, who got the new gig on NMSNBC. She said something about blackface and she ended up getting fired over it. She lost her job on the Today Show on the extended hour on NBC because she didn't understand what she was saying about blackface and Mitchell shows. Megyn Kelly can lose her job. And we're talking about a job where she's making $40 million. Then I think Disney should look at that because you just made a great point that, hey, you've proven you're not an expert when it comes to race or racism. And to say that you're going to leave these films up because you think it's a teachable moment, the only way it's a teachable moment is if you sit down with someone that's a teacher and they teach you about that moment. What it looks like is Disney is sitting back here and they're just collecting a check, right? And at the same time saying, hey, we labeled it. Keep the Disney Plus money coming. He's wrong. I'm Don. We will see you on the other side of this. If you find 
find yourself dreaming about a new home. Go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, thanks for listening to episode 174. We really appreciate that. And thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. Don't forget, we're well into the fall driving season. So stop by a Les Schwab store right now or next time you're in one of their neighborhoods. They're in 85 different neighborhoods in Western Washington. And make sure that you're road trip ready to do a free safety check for you. Find a location near you. Just go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. I know that for the longest time, people would say to me, why do you always interrupt Ron on the radio? Always. You interrupt him all the time. So I have worked really hard, really hard to go back and listen and go, yeah, I cut him off all the time. All the time. What I've tried to do on this podcast is not cut you off. Uh, We have been having a conversation now for probably, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I really try to make sure it's kind of the driver of our show that I do a better job in including you. And I do a better job in including you by listening to you. And that is not a natural skill for me. My natural skill is to be defensive and, 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 and to be sometimes combative and to be loud, right? So to really sit and listen to somebody and to be uncomfortable even with the silence that it creates, and then, then to, not all, to not be responsible for all the answers, but then to look at somebody and say, hey, I'm going to process. I learned that from my son. I asked him a couple weeks ago about something. He said, Daddy, I'm going to need some time to process this, right? So I am trying to take more time to process, but I do know when I wake up, when I don't do my work, when I don't eat right, when I'm not working out, when I'm chasing the day, I call it chasing the day, when the day gets away from me, and, and, and I'm chasing it now, uh, especially with homeschooling and all that, I lose it. I don't listen to Ron. I don't listen to my son. I don't listen to a client. And then I have to go back, find my center and say, Don, you need to listen. You need to listen to people and you don't have to have all the answers. There's no need to be combative, really listening to someone here. And that's really the art of a great negotiation in real estate. It's the art of a great negotiation with a little human like a 10-year-old. The interesting thing about my boy is I don't want to yes, no him. I don't want a yes, no. I don't want him to ask me things that say yes, no. I work really hard uh, in negotiating if he wants if he wants another round of chips like he wanted last night at the football game. I don't know if you heard the interaction between him and I about the chips, but we talked about that and what that would look like, and we negotiated. And then sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes I'm going to let him decide because that's what the real world is like. The world is in negotiation, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with somebody uh, at his school, whether it's somebody that you work with, whether it's somebody that you run into in a store and you buy something and it's broke, you want to get it fixed. Life is a negotiation. It really is about listening. There's some new research now about men, our listening habits, and the way that we don't listen because we're Man interrupters, right? Man interrupters. This is is, uh, being really bantied around today because of the Leslie Stahl interview with Donald Trump that just went down. And he just, and then on the heels of that, the, the first debate. 
constant interruption, constant talking over people, getting defensive with Leslie Stahl, ending the interview, calling her names, basically saying that she's a horrible interviewer, that she's unfair, like all of these things, because Leslie Stahl was asking tough questions. And that you didn't do the same thing to Joe Biden. And she's like, I didn't even interview Joe Biden. And so, but like, he didn't want to hear that was just man interrupting. And so they took this concept that's now sort of in the zeitgeist, so to speak, and sort of expanded it and said, this is what women go through all the time. Uh, in the article that we bo- both read, you sent me, there was a really interesting, uh, cause everyone's on zoom right now. There was a woman who's in STEM, the science was STEM science, technology, uh, engineering and math. So she's on all these Zoom calls with a lot of male engineers. And so she records herself trying to make points. Then how many times she gets man interrupted. And so it's it was astonishing. And so it's just her talking and they'll say, I forget what her name was. Let's call her uh Jody. Jody, da 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 she's like, Okay, we're gonna take the data set and we're gonna slice it by and then boom, a man interrupt. And then she rolls her eyes. And then uh, 10 seconds later, okay, like I was saying, we're going to take this data set, and I really think that we should did it. Boom, man, interrupt. Mm. Just one after the next after the next. And she sort of looks into the camera a la the office because she was going to post this to her social media accounts. And it's like, I get man interrupted all the time. Mm. Leslie Stahl, man interrupted all the time. And so they've done studies with this. One of the most interesting ones is with the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court Everything is is transcribed uh, for going back many, many, many years. And so what they've done is they're able to put this transcription into a computer and then they can look at, break it down statistically. And so, because it'll say, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was making this oral argument uh, and then she's talking and then it will be interrupted by a different justice. And so they go back and they're like, what is statistically over decades? If a woman is talking, uh, how many times is she interrupted versus when a man is talking and how many times is he interrupted? And it's like three times more frequent. Um, when you look at women in power who are super capable that are interrupted three times more likely than a man would be making the same argument. And so it just reminded me as well, uh, you and I meet a lot of times in our run on sit downs with women and I probably talk too much. I probably manterrupt too much. Uh, I probably don't ask enough follow questions. I don't listen as well as I could have. But I I found this story to be fascinating. And when you watch the Leslie Stahl thing, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you just kind of go, her questions are fair. She's not being combative. She's being completely professional. And in fact, when the president gets up to walk out, um, she goes, be careful. There's a microphone right there. Like she was being conscientious that he didn't bump into a light or bump into the audio guy as he got up. So, uh, you just look at this and go, you know, that's an extreme example, but like we probably all could do better to not interrupt as yeah. much. And I'll tell you what, 60 minutes loved it because people talked about it and the president made all kinds of threats on Twitter. And he released the video. He secretly, yeah. and then he watched the video and he was like, oh, why did you release that? Yeah. It makes you look horrible. And then he, so you just interrupted me. I did. You did. See, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. But you're not a woman. It doesn't we matter. We can interrupt each other because okay. we're so, both men. So the other, th- the other thing is about that, that was great for him too because his, and he did that for his base because the base believes that people like Leslie Stahl 
uh, are not fair to him. If you go and you watch the George Stephanopoulos, George Stephanopoulos interview with Joe Biden, he asked 11 questions. He twirled his glasses, chewed on them at some point because smart people chew on the end of their glasses. And then he asked very softball questions. When you go over and you look at uh, the Guthrie interview, uh, she was a prosecutor at one point and she got up and really went after him and they got combative. So a lot of times uh, when it comes to his base, they like that he's the disruptor in chief and he disrupted 60 minutes last night and they love that. If you're on the outside looking in, you don't get it and you're like, how did that help you? That's how he feels like that helps him. And I bet he was planning on being combative, getting up and walking out because it's great television. It always worked on The Apprentice when they walked out. And he's probably thinking to himself, because this is a television show, you guys. It has turned into a television show. That's what this is. He's trying to win the television show. And don't forget, this far out, this far out uh, is kind of where he was last time against Hillary. The difference is with Hillary, there truly were a lot of people that despised the Clintons. There truly were people that had not decided. In this particular case, people don't just despise Joe Biden. They don't despise his story. Uh, they have sympathy for his story and really about part of his first family being wiped out in a car accident and then losing his son to cancer, uh, having another son that has uh, struggled with addiction, and then the president went after him. Uh, and that was very uncomfortable for everyone, I think. The president himself, though, had a brother. That was an addict, so that's the reason why he'll tell you he doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. So, nonetheless, when you, when, when you look at everything that is happening right now, sometimes men do that because they don't know they're doing it, or they do it because they think it works for them and it gives them leverage. I'll give you an example uh, in my final thoughts on this. We had a client on this morning, or a potential client by the name, we'll just call her Christina, that was on with you and I. And we were having this conversation, and I was paying attention to us interrupting her. And sometimes you and I were interrupting each other, uh, not always listening for the follow-up question. And, uh, and, and I would give ourselves like a B- minus in, in, in our listening and, and, and speaking with her this morning. When we were talking and sharing ideas, she didn't interrupt us at all. She went, uh-huh, yep, got it, okay. That makes sense. She was nodding her head. She was agreeing, disagreeing. She was letting us know verbal and non-verbally on the Zoom call that she was listening. So she has this really incredible skill of listening that you and I are still developing. How about that? I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Anyway. In fairness to me, I just shot myself in the head. <laughs> I'm not at 100%. So I will take a B-. minus. <laughs> Hey, if you want to get the guides, you guys, they're free. We'd love to send you one. Uh, all you have to do is go to ronadonsitdown.com, find out what a sit-down is, and then also you can get signed up on one of, uh, for one of our calendars, on one of our calendars, in, uh, or you can just write Ron direct, directly, ron at windermere.com, and get signed up for a sit-down today. So if you're buying, selling, investing, we'd love to be a part of it. Hey, until next time, for episode, can you believe it, 175? And do we have over 703 thousand spins of the ron and don show since this started oh yes we do over seven hundred thousand spins thanks to you guys that is incredible thanks for giving us great lives thanks for being our friend and for some of you thanks for letting us be part of your team 
Just this week, we're working with Team Bronco, and we're working with Team Lone Star and Team Lightner. We want to be a part of your real estate team, too. Let's get on that journey at ronanddonsitdown.com. Keep your head up, keep your shoulders back, and again, we'll see you next time for episode 175 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, let's get going.